What's up, friends? It's Haley Hines, a.k.a. Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Hello, 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 friends. Welcome to GTB. My name is Haley, aka Bird, and I am so pumped to have you here, per usual. On today's episode, I get a chat with Erica Tafavodi, who I met through a mutual friend. During the middle of quarantine, we both started podcasts, and our mutual friend Bree, who um, knew we were both attempting to become podcasters, was like, hey, you two should connect and chat. So Eric and I officially met over Zoom for the first time a couple months ago. Um, we recorded an episode of her podcast, and I swear to God, you guys, I could have talked to her for hours. Um, I remember walking out of my office area where I record, and I said to Tyler, like, man, I wish she lived in Iowa instead of Portland so that we could hang out more <laughs> because it was so much fun to talk with her. I literally could have gone on and on and on. Um, and I had planned to have Erica on this podcast regardless, but after talking with her about diet culture and fitness and wellness and, you know, how those things show up on social media and hearing more about her perspective, I was like, yep, I'm definitely having her on Give Him the Bird. Um, so a little bit more about Erica. She's the host of Unwell with Erica, where she has candid conversations about mental health and wellness. She's also a digital marketing professional, an amateur golfer, and an avid weightlifter who soaks up every bit of Pacific Northwest living in the great outdoors. Overall, I just really appreciate Erica's perspective on body changes, like how her body has changed over the years, and really her, her outlook on fitness in general. I think she takes a super moderate approach, and you'll probably be able to hear that a lot in this episode. So we start off by talking a lot about her podcast, Unwell with Erica, both what it's about, how it got started, um, and what it was like for me to be a guest on her podcast. We also talk a lot about COVID, both how it's impacted her mentally and physically, but also what it's taught her about fitness. And I think she provides some really, really good you know, helpful advice, even though she was never intending it to be advice, but she has some really good nuggets of wisdom there that I think you guys will enjoy. We also chat about social media and how her perspective on social media and health have changed over the years. I really did have so much fun recording with Erica. You'll be able to pick up on that as you listen because there's a lot of laughs, um, a lot of jokes. We had a really good time. So I'm super pumped for you guys to hear this one. Before we jump into the episode, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening, and if you're tuning in from Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate and review. All right, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Erica Tafavodi. Welcome, Erica. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this ever since we last chatted, so I know to be here. Like I said, I this is one of the episodes or one of the recordings I've really been looking forward to, um, I think just because when we chatted, I really enjoyed you, but also to like have a fellow podcaster on the podcast, it just is less intimidating. It's like, yeah, you know, you know, you know I've, got the, the I've got the, the microphone, you know, yes. the audio is going to sound okay. <laughs> I hope so. As long as I recording and recording, right, but yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. Well, Hey, give us um, an overview of you introduce yourself for us. 
Yeah. So I am, I'm a digital marketer by trade. Uh, I am an amateur half-assed food blogger. I'm like (laughs) semi-retired, but I do still take a lot of photos of food. And I am also the host of a mental health podcast called Unwell with Erica. Yes. Question for you. How did you get into food blogging? I started... Uh, like when was that that was like a year after college and I was living in Oklahoma City and I didn't have anything to this ties so well until later on we're going to talk about food and fitness and all that (laughs) Uh, I had nothing to do in Oklahoma City besides go out to eat Mm. Um, so I was I just started taking photos of food I started posting them on my Instagram and then one day my brother was like I'm tired of seeing all your like food photos. You should start another account (laughs) for food photos. And I was like, okay. And then I did it. And I was like, I'm going to become a famous food blogger. This is, this is like around the time. I mean, food blogging is still popular, but it kind of had a moment back Mm -hmm. in like 2015, I would say is like when I got started with it and there wasn't a lot of food bloggers in Oklahoma city. And so I just started taking pictures of brunch and posting them. And that's kind of how I, that's how I got a bunch of, not a bunch. I use the term a bunch of followers loosely, but you have a bunch um, of followers. enough followers to get, <laughs> enough followers to get me uh, some free stuff, some free food. And like, that's all I wanted to do. I wasn't, you know, I wanted to be famous for a brief point in time. And then I was like, okay, that's probably not going to happen. I'm not really dedicated enough to this for that. <laughs> and give, me, give me the free food. Yeah. That, that's all I wanted. Honestly, <laughs> and, that's brilliant. Yeah. So I, I still kind of keep it up. I still you know, pre-COVID was going to food events like once a week. There's a Mm -hmm. huge food scene in Portland. It's a great place to be into food. And yeah, it's how I made a lot of my friends in Portland. So Mm -hmm. I, I love, even though it's not as prominent of a part of my life anymore, like it's still something that I really enjoy doing. And I'm always happy when treats like randomly show up at my door. I'm still on enough like press list that uh, I'll get like a random thing of yogurt or some pastries just that just show up. And that is wow. you know, tr- truly makes my week. I cannot complain. That's it. I'm canceling the podcast and I'm becoming a food blogger. <laughs> Free Highly food, recommend. that's all I need. Yeah. Highly recommend it. If you're listening to this and you're thinking that sounds nice, just give it a go. <laughs> just do it. Use, try all, it. use all 30 hashtags and yes. it'll work for you. <laughs> yes. Take, you take decent pictures, use those hashtags. You never know. Oh my gosh. I love it. So tell me about your podcast, Unwell with Erica, because I I love it and I love how you got started with it. Um, So yeah, tell us us all about your podcast. Yeah, so it is a weekly podcast where I have, I call it candid conversations about mental health and wellness with both professionals. So I'm talking with yoga instructors, therapists, um, home organizers, things Mm -hmm. like that, just people that sort of work in the vaguely mental health and wellness space. I use it as kind of a blanket term. We are mostly talking about mental health topics, but I think that includes so many sort of fringe things. And I kind of want to cover the fringe stuff as well. And then I'm also talking with just normal people who have an interesting mental health story. So if they've gone through something in the past and they might have a story to share or lessons that they've learned that they want to share with other people, I'm having conversations with people about that. So I started it, I think I started back in the fall. So it was maybe September, October, something like that. I only have about, I think I have 20 episodes out. So it's still pretty new. And I sat on the idea since probably early 2019 Mm. was, I actually have a voice recording on my phone. I was laying in bed one night and I just did this rambling. (laughs) 
I don't, I, and I kept saying like, I feel unwell. And that word just stuck in my brain ever since like the moment I thought about the podcast. So I just got hooked on that word and I was just recording, like, I'm at this point in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. Like work-wise, I feel purposeless. I think I might be depressed, but I'm afraid to label myself that I'm definitely anxious, but I'm afraid to label myself that I don't want to get help. And I was in this sort of gray area where I knew I was having mental health challenges but I was very afraid to seek help or tell anyone about it. Mm. And I thought if I'm feeling this way, there's probably other people that feel this way too. And then I sat on it for a year because <laughs> I was afraid to start a podcast. <laughs> and then I had so much time on my hand. I had the privilege of having so much time on my hands in 2020 because I you know, shifted to working from home. Mm. And a lot of those, you know, just mentioning food events and things that used to fill my evenings weren't happening anymore. And I am also an extrovert. And so I was really craving that human contact. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to start this podcast and I'm going to start having conversations with people. I know I started out with friends of mine and I've sort of expanded it since then. And, and it's, it's so nice every week to talk to someone. And every time I talk to someone, I come away thinking like, yep, I felt that thing they described, or I've been in a similar situation, even if at the surface level, we don't have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. we're always able to find some commonality and that's, that's all I was hoping to accomplish. And it's worked so far for me. I hope people that listen to it come away with the same takeaways because I just want people to feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can at least say from my perspective, I totally feel that way when I listen to the podcast. And I think that like, even both from having been a guest on your podcast, but also being a listener, it's so weird because even when you have guests that, like you said, I cannot relate to at all, like on the outside, it doesn't seem like mm -hmm. I can, even like the ones you had one about, she just had a baby and it was like, Oh yeah. 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 And I was like, don't have kids. Don't know if I mm -hmm. want kids, but like, still I can relate to this. Um, and I think it's the way that, I mean, obviously your guests tell the way they, they tell their story and how they're open and everything, but also the way that you interview, like you are very, relatable and personable and conversational and Thank you. um yeah I'm yeah just trying, I, I'm just trying to be like Oprah okay yeah. like I just, <laughs> just want to just be channeling 1%, Oprah. <laughs> I just want to be one percent of the interviewer that Oprah is I was oh, like man. listening to sorry I just watched the royal thing <gasps> I haven't watched it royal yeah yeah oh it was magic it was a master class on interviewing mm. like it was it was truly magical and to be just in a position of authority like Oprah and just be grilling this royal family I was like oh man, what a cool job. Yes. <laughs> oh my envious. gosh. Yeah. I need to, I need to watch that, but well, I think you're on your way because like, I oh, can see you. Oprah in your future. Yeah. <laughs> like that you. is, that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Walk me through. Cause I know that I can totally relate to the sitting on this idea for a bit and then mm -hmm. COVID happens and it's like, wow, what am I going to do with all my time? And same exact thing. Like I miss people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I need connection. And then also like I, and maybe you can relate to this part. I was getting really fed up of seeing people on social media, like trying to sell their at-home workout programs and mm -hmm. just like trying to prey on our insecurities and like our struggles for, for money. It was like really bothering yeah. me. Um, I mean the, the, the self-help mental health space is the exact same way. Yes. It really so is. there, everyone's a coach, everyone's a guru of sorts, and everyone has some expert opinion. Most people did not go to school for something. <laughs> it's the same in the same in the fitness space, right? Right. The mm -hmm. People that are making tons of money 
selling these programs or these things you can do to help yourselves, there's no scientific background in it. And it's the exact mm-hmm. same in the self-help space. Mm-hmm. And when I would read or listen to things, I would, I just found a lot of it really unrelatable. Mm. And it's the same with fitness content. You know, you consume, th- you consume things and you are like, this doesn't apply to me for whatever reason, either it's too scientific or it's not scientific enough mm-hmm. and it's all like fluff. And yeah, I, so I, I felt like there was not a ton of content that I, I was like, I just want to hear people's stories. I want to hear people that have been in this, you know, I described my low points as feeling like I'm in a pit. Mm. And so like, I want to talk to people who have been in a pit and they're mm. out of it now. They're on the other side. And that's always something I try to, you know, I, I want to say I have a podcast about mental health, but we always cover it with a bit of levity. So mm-hmm. Almost all of my guests, even, and sometimes it catches me super off guard. People will be like, so bubbly. Like I had a conversation with a guy who I had never met before. He contacted me on Twitter through a a post I had made, didn't know him. And he wanted to talk about living in a van for a year with his cat. And I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. Cause he was like, oh, I had career burnout and then I lived in a van for a year and I was like, what a cool story. Mm. Then like halfway through the interview, he drops the bomb. He was like, so yeah. So I drove up to this place in Scotland with this cat in my van and I was going to kill myself. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I had no idea. I was like, you left that out in the form that I sent prior to yeah. the <laughs> interview. And he did it in such a way. And he was like, yeah, but I mean, I feel, you know, this is how I've gotten out of it since then. These are the things I'm still working on, whatever. And so <laughs> you might get little bombs. Like, and I always give a trigger warning if, we're going to talk about serious topics right. like that, but it is, it's just crazy. Everyone's story is so crazy. And, and mm-hmm. I've always been someone that I want to hear everybody's story. Mm-hmm. So um, that is, I don't think that's the original question that you asked. I think I just went on a little. That's perfect <laughs> though. Yeah. And again, I think it just like relates back to how relatable it is. And I think like it even comes back to everything, just like experiencing COVID for so many people, Mm -hmm. obviously it's taking different tolls on different people's people because of different things. Um, but we all have so much more in common, I think, and are experiencing things so much more, um, alike than, than what we realize. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people would label themselves anxious or depressed way more willingly now Mm -hmm. than even going back, you know, two years ago. I think there was, there's, there's an ever decreasing stigma in talking about mental health, but I think 2020, you know, if there was one good thing that came out of it, there's a couple mm. of things that came yeah. out of it, but if there, <laughs> if there was one thing for me, it was just even less of a stigma now than there was a couple of years ago with saying, oh, yeah. I'm struggling with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just took a pandemic and, you know, well, hopefully a once in a lifetime type of thing yeah. to get people to be comfortable saying that. And right all in all good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it, it made it feel like it was okay to say those things. And I think yeah. it was even with all the like employee programs and everything on mm-hmm. the news, like to- talking about it more often. So I totally agree. That's a, that's a silver lining <laughs> to, yeah. to find. Like, don't get me wrong. Most of it sucks. And oh I, yeah. It still <laughs> sucks. So much. It still fucking yeah, sucks. Yeah. This is not a past tense thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess unless you live in Florida, but no offense to Florida. Yeah. That's not, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have listeners in Florida who are like, great. Thanks. Oh no. I think most of them Florida. are, most of them are in Iowa. So I'll, I'll okay. keep that Well, up. I'm from yeah. Oklahoma. So <laughs> we, I literally have no room to talk. I live in Oregon now, but I'm from Oklahoma and yeah, yeah. different worlds, different yeah. worlds. So. So walk me through like when COVID hit, 
Um, cause I know you had shared obviously being a fitness enthusiast, like being somebody mm-hmm. that was like exercising regularly that took a toll on you. Um, but yeah, just kind of walk me through like the shifts that you experienced when, when COVID hit, you know, how did it impact you all the things? Yeah, I have. It's so funny. So part of my job, I mentioned earlier that I work in digital marketing. And so I am on social media a lot, even for work. And I remember back in February of 2020, I was like a little ahead of the curve on taking COVID seriously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to brag, but I stocked up on things from Costco in February, not March. So (laughs) I had, yeah, I remember like reading about everything going on in China and I was just, I got so flipped out and I am a worrier by nature. Like I've I've always been, I'm a very anxious, worries, full of worry person. Um, I'm an Enneagram six. I just learned that recently. Oh. And I, apparently the anxiety is quite common in us sixes. And so I had kind of, a, I was like the first person in my office that was like, Hey, we might want to like get some hand sanitizer and like some extra cleaning supplies. And I remember my office manager being like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, mm. I just do it. Like I swear this. And then months later, she was like, we would have never been able to get hand sanitizer because there was like the brief moment where you can get hand sanitizer yeah. or Clorox wipes. Yes. Um, yeah. So I remember like having, I was still going to the gym. I was still taking spin classes. I switched to primarily spin classes for like a couple of weeks when things were kind of getting weird, but nobody really knew what was going to happen. Oh, we might be shut down for two weeks, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And so I switched to spin classes and this is, this is pre-masks, but I was like, oh, they, it's a small room. They sanitize everything. I don't have to trust yes. like some stranger to wipe down a barbell or a machine or whatever. And so I, and I, and I've always, not always, but for the past couple of years, I have loved spin and I like to dabble it in my workout routine. And I remember doing that and like the instructor, it was, I feel like it must've even been like the last week they were open. Mm -hmm. I remember the instructor who's the owner of the studio is a friend of mine kind of saying, you know, spin instructors, they like give little speeches and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) about whatever's going on in their life. And I remember her being like, we don't know what's coming, but we'll get through it together. And I just remember sitting there and being like, this is going to be bad. Like, mm. this is, this is not good. And mm. I didn't know how not good it was going to be, but I, <laughs> I remember thinking like, obviously I had no idea it was going to be a year. Right. But I remember thinking like, this is going to be a serious thing. And yeah, there was, I mean, for months after that, I mean, everything was pretty shut down in Oregon. So mm-hmm. no gyms. Uh, I actually just recently started going to the gym again last week or two weeks ago, I think. Um, yeah, so I, I actually, one of my best pre-pandemic purchases was that I bought a barbell mm-hmm. and like a 180 pounds of weights from this mm-hmm. poor man. Oh yeah, Facebook, you told me. <laughs> this poor man on Facebook Marketplace in late February. I found, I bought, yeah, it was a heavy duty mat a barbell and 180 pounds of plates and like a rack to put the weights on for $300. Oh my gosh. Which like, and oh, he probably could have sold it for $800. Oh yeah. It's like the inflation of weight prices. It was insane. (laughs) He had no idea, but I knew because I was looking on Twitter and I was like, shit's about to get real. And so I drove out to the suburbs, (laughs) bought these weights for this guy. And I was like, why are you getting rid of them? This is such a great, it was like a new barbell, a new nice Olympic barbell. And he was like, oh, I just love going to the gym so much. I and in thought your I would... head, you're like, 
you're going to regret this. <laughs> oh I, I felt bad. I was like, this is so good for me, but I feel so bad for this man. Oh and every time I use those weights now, I'm, I'm, I cannot not think of him. And I'm like, oh, that poor man. I'm sure like literally two weeks later, he was like, fuck that girl for like, <laughs> yeah. she knew. She Why probably did I sell knew. Weights to her? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, all that to say, one thing that COVID has certainly taught me in regards to fitness is that I thought I liked lifting weights, but it turns out that I like the gym mm. <laughs> more than I like lifting weights. And I thought, I mean, I, I dabbled in using my like barbell and I have like a couple small hand weights and a jump rope. Jump rope was the primary thing that like got me through the warm months in Portland mm. was like a lot of jump rope and got really into trying to teach myself how to do like jump rope tricks. I'm not. Oh, yeah as cool as anyone on TikTok. It's really good at jump roping, but I can, I can do a, a couple of double unders and, you know, cross. Oh my gosh, man, trying to do jump rope tricks is deadly. Like it's hard. Did you, did you wear like tall socks or pants? Because the I amount did. of yeah. like welts that I've, I got a welt mm -hmm. across my face one time. Oh, no. I literally have it on like saved in like my archive stories or whatever. Like I was like, I just slapped myself in the face. With my jump rope. It hurts so bad and especially if you're doing a double under I feel like you're really like whipping it around oh yeah you're trying to go really quick and then it's if that catches your calf or god your face I've never caught one to the face and that, that's, that's yeah. fun I don't yeah, it wasn't during it it wasn't during a double under but um I think what happened if I remember right I was basically being a smart ass to Tyler and then I like went to try to jump rope and I literally whipped myself in the face <laughs> he's the like that's what that you fucking karma. get yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like I asked it's for really it. the worst oh yeah. yeah yeah and I I really thought you know we have like a and, and I feel very privileged that we even have the space mm -hmm. to have weights because there are, there are a lot of people that were in you know studio apartments one bedroom mm -hmm. apartments that didn't have the room and we have a little detached single car garage and I use the term single car garage very it is it is small like <laughs> it's for a Fiat, maybe like a More little like smart a car. Shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's tiny, and is basically unusable during the winter months for my boyfriend who's six six. So the overhead oh space God. is quite minimal. You're not <laughs> doing any. You can't do any overhead movement yeah. in there. And so once it started raining, which is you know in September in Oregon, and it will keep raining until June. <laughs> oh God. That's uh, yeah. It didn't get a ton of use, but I was happy to like you know on a bad day I could go out there. I could do ten deadlifts or whatever, and and it would make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything that was going to make me, you know, I wasn't really even trying to maintain the physical shape I was in beforehand that just kind of went out the window. Mm -hmm. It was more like, okay, I can use this to release some stress, same with the jump roping. And that all in all is a good thing. It framed fitness in a very different way for me and made me realize the importance of like, I like a community. I like to mm -hmm. go, I like to get out of my home, go to a space. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Like a lot of people... I remember reading some article recently about how especially millennials are way more inclined to work out at home in 2020. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, there was all these stats about people that will never go back to a gym. They're totally game on working out from home now. And I was like, God, that is the exact opposite of me. Mm -hmm. I want to be around people. I want to know the people at my gym. I actually quit my big box gym and well, <laughs> I'm attempting to quit my big box gym oh. right now. It's, are you, are you, can, can you not break the contract? they the manager's never there oh god I'm not locked into a contract it's just like every time I try to go they're like oh we need so-and-so to do that and he's on break or he's gone and I think I can mail something in but like I don't have a printer 
Right. Yeah, don't, don't use your own damn stamps. <laughs> like, uh, yes. So Los Angeles fitness is on my sh- shit list right now. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I am quitting that and I'm, I'm paying for a slightly more expensive, uh, like locally owned gym mm-hmm. that's small. And I felt like they were taking cleaning so much more seriously mm-hmm. and super limiting capacity. And so I've switched to that and I'm just excited to like be around. It's mostly older people that work out there. <laughs> I was looking around. I was like, most of these people are probably vaccinated at this point. Like, yes. <laughs> like mostly retirees here and tons of squat racks. It's a great gym. Mm. And yeah, I'm just excited to like be around people working out again. And I, I want the experience of go. I want to take a pre-work. I want, I want to bro out. I want to take pre-workout. Yes. I want to go headphones, hat always, and just like be in that gym environment. And I, and I thought, I thought the barbell at home would do it. And it was not, it's not for me. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I loved what you said about you kind of let the idea of like maintaining your fitness, you let that go early. How, like, how the hell did you manage to do that? (laughs) And what was that process like for you? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I have always, my weight has fluctuated a lot as my like relationship with fitness has fluctuated a lot. And I'm somebody like, I'm tall. I can gain and lose. I'm probably 30 pounds heavier than I was. And like, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, but I can still wear like the same pants mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm like, I'm tall. I carry my weight in a way that that works for me. And so I think I've just gotten pretty comfortable in having fluctuating weight mm-hmm. and it's a, I mean, big time process. I was actually, when I was thinking about what is, what, what do I want to talk about on this podcast today? The message for me is like, I've just finally figured out how to be okay with weight fluctuations and not like assigning like this is good Erica versus bad Erica, mm. just because I'm 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier or whatever. So I think just many years of that happening anyways, I was kind of like, this is going to be a period of my life. That's one of those heavier periods. And like, mm. that's fine. Um, in retrospect, one of the things I wish I had taken this time to focus more on mobility and my joints that's one like big regret I have and I have a really good interview yes. on my podcast with a doctor um Dr. Jen Hostler I think she's at Jen Hostler on Instagram so she's big into joint health mm. and I learned so much from interviewing her and from her content she's into um what's called cars which are controlled articular rotations I think what that stands for mm-hmm. it's just moving your joints it's like getting getting your joints moving in all the ways they could move and keeping them healthy and that's that's my biggest regret is like I should have said okay, I know I'm not going to be like lean jacked Erica right now. Maybe I can be like Erica with good knees. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. That's great. <laughs> that's a good version of me too. Erica got that can be the straddle splits. Like, <laughs> yes, like I could have done that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I, I have been here enough times that I was kind of like, this is just going to be a point in my life where fitness is not the priority for me. And like, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. If I was working out five days a week, and running and doing spin classes, I probably wouldn't have started a podcast. I would have so filled true. my spare time with doing that. Mm. And so I had all this time that I used to spend going to the gym and I, I picked up other things. So then that's mm-hmm. okay. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I want to get back to like lean jacked Erica. I like that version of me and not because I think she's a better, you know, morally a better person mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just feel good, at, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm that active mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just ups and downs, strikes and gutters, ups and downs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the fact that you had that realization though is 
really powerful because I think there are a lot of people. And again, this goes back to just like poor, harmful messaging on social media mm -hmm. that really believed like quarantine when they had all this extra time was going to be oh my God. the time to like get in shape. I mean, mm -hmm. I saw it with students. Um, I saw it with my own, you know, people that I, you know, that I have interactions with on social media and, and whatnot. Um, and so I just think the fact and the, from the wisdom that you've gained over the years of having those ups and downs, um, that is just so powerful. And I love that the message that you shared, like, this is not going to be one of those times where fitness is something I need to prioritize. Um, and I hope that for people that are listening, like we're still in that time, you know, like right. we're still under a lot of stress <laughs> mm -hmm. and it may still not be the, the time to prioritize fitness. Um, so yeah, I think that message is really powerful that, that you yeah, said. And maybe there's other parts of your health. I mean, health isn't, right. health isn't working out, mm -hmm. um, for like, I was able to prioritize mental health. Right. I, not that I'm any perfect or really even any better than I was <laughs> earlier, in the, <laughs> earlier in the pandemic, but I have been able to spend some more time writing, spend some more time mm -hmm. reading, you know, about mental health topics and trying to find little things I could implement. And I'm, I'm healthier in some ways. And, you know, I'm just not as lean as I was. And that's, that's totally fine. But I, I do want to add, I can sound very like wise about this right now. That is not to say that I have not had many moments of like realizing how much weight I gained, putting on jeans for the first mm -hmm. time and still having those thoughts of being like, shit like I these pants are so tight and freaking out about that yes I mean, my weight's fluctuated a lot over the years and like 24 year old Erica would have panicked way more about this than almost 29 year old Erica but it's not I'm like mm -hmm. definitely not immune to it I've had so many so many freak out moments about it it's just not constant and that yes. feels like an improvement oh that's a huge improvement I feel like the fact that you can notice it and not continue to ruminate on it. I think they call it like kind of cognitive flexibility. It's where you like yeah. notice the thing and where you would normally dig yourself into a hole, catastrophize. Mm -hmm. It's like being able to, you know, have a different, have more perspective on it. Right. I, I just had a moment um, that you mentioned, like with the pants the other day, I put on a pair of like comfy shorts and I was like, okay, these must have shrunk in the wash. Then I was like, <laughs> nope, my ass just grew like three sizes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a total process. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just cried in a fitting room <laughs> like a month ago Yeah, <laughs> and it was over goddamn ski pants, which are the worst pants to fit. The sizing is awful. They run mm. so small. They're all too short. They're not made for people with butts and hips. Mm. And I had a panic moment and freaked out in the dressing room. And then when I was pulling out of the REI, also broke the mirror on my car on accident because oh, I ran into a pole. So it was a rough, <laughs> it was a rough couple of hours. For wow. Me. <laughs> oh, and I was man. like, did I do this? Because I was so upset about the pants. <laughs> like that's so, that's awful, isn't it? But I swear mm. that's what it was. I was literally went from like, I'm stressed out about, cause it was, it was so, so I'm usually like, I'm usually like a large in ski pants mm -hmm. and I usually wear like a size eight, 10 pant. And it was like, I tried on the 10 pants, too small, the 12 pants, too small. Mm -hmm. It was like the 14 pants. This is, and it was still like, they were tight in my legs, tight in my legs, tight in my legs. And the waist just kept getting bigger, but the thighs kept staying the same size. 
I was like, who are these made for? So I was flipping out. I went with overalls instead of pants, which (laughs) if you're listening to this and you do snow sports and you have large hips and a smaller waist and you're like, ski pants never fit me, just get the overalls. Overalls. That's a good tip. (laughs) If you take away anything from this whole podcast. Get the overalls. Get the overalls, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I didn't know this was a ski pant podcast. Oh yeah. Who know who knows what we're going to cover on this. <laughs> so you've mentioned a little bit about like 24-year-old Erica and like the place that you might have been in with yeah. fitness. One of the things that I that you know part of kind of the tagline for the podcast is challenging what it means to be healthy and fit and I feel like what mm-hmm. I've noticed is whether it's uh, an exercise or health professional or you know fitness enthusiast whoever it is, we go through those different moments and where our relationship with exercise changes, where our definition of healthy and fit changes. So I'm curious if you can kind of like walk us through how your definition of healthy and fit has changed over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, for some background context on me, I am certainly not a natural born athlete by any means. I, my athleticism probably peaked in like second grade. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was like a speedy little second grader. And then, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade rolled around and it like hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, shit. I <laughs> gained a ton of weight around that time and horrible body image for years. And that the only sport I played at any sort of, you know, competitive level was golf. And that does, that is not tight. You know, you do not have to be speedy and strong to play golf. It doesn't hurt, but it's really not required. So I started actually like working out as a hobby in college. And it was my late freshman, early sophomore year of college, I would say. It was also around the time that Instagram was taking mm. off. And of course, with that came like Fitspo Central. Yes. Uh... And if you were following the Fitspos in 2011, you know, it was like, microwaved quest bars as snacks that's like your dessert and you're you're eating cold chicken and all the meal prep and sugar-free syrup on your one carb waffle and it's all these things and so that that was my first intro to fitness Mm. was that world and I thought it was really fucking cool like Mm -hmm. I I thought these these people look they have these great bodies they're so dedicated to this craft of looking good I don't know it seemed like a sport it's not I guess there's bodybuilding but yeah so I got heavy into that started lifting weights um and that was like I mean I probably lost 20 pounds or so and I was jacked I looked great but I couldn't run a mile like even Mm -hmm. at like peak Erica working out I was not I had no cardiovascular health Uh, I was just limiting my food a lot. I was binging Mm. a lot. And I went through like the paleo. I think everybody dabbled in some sort of paleo phase. Mm. And no shame to paleo. If that's the diet you like, that's the eating habit. I don't want to label it. It is a diet. It's a diet. It's a diet. If it works, if it's a, yeah, style of eating that makes you feel good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I did that. And then I would like, you know, I'm like, I eat paleo and then I would crush like five course lights yeah. on like a Thursday night, six jello shots, a whole pizza at 3am. And like, that's part of college, right? Like it doesn't have to be, that does not have to be your college experience. That was my college experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I thought I was super healthy then. 
got out of college, gained probably 30 pounds because I just, my habits completely changed. Like I was saying earlier, started to food blog, started going out to eat all the time and uh, just didn't have like active hobbies. And then when I think about where I'm at right now and like what's healthy to me, a big part of it was moving to Oregon and having outdoor hobbies now. And I was actually just having a conversation with a friend earlier who we had just recently talked about fitness and health and we were built very similarly. So we, you know, we gain strength in similar ways and carry our weight in similar ways, stuff like that. So we always have good conversations about health and fitness. And she was asking, cause I had recently told her about in August or September of 2019, I went to Hawaii and I was like mm. the best I've ever looked. I mean, I was in great shape aesthetically. Like I was super lean and that does not mean I was at my healthiest. It was funny. Cause she was like, what did you do to get so thin? And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to think of it that way. And I wasn't necessarily doing the right things. Mm-hmm. I was super controlled about what I was eating. Mm. I was eating like tuna for lunch every day. That's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, that face. <laughs> <laughs> just like That's the plain, fun. just like the plain canned tuna, not even yeah. like the well, fun tuna package. In the pouch. Oh, it was. Yeah, but, was but it the not flavored? The, no, not with the flavor. Oh my gosh, because that <laughs> there's like a like a sweet and spicy that I love. I've had it; it's good. Yeah, but just like plain tuna. There's even that, and like some crackers and a salad every day for lunch. And but for me, I was like, I want to go to Hawaii, and mm. I want to look like great in these photos. And I knew I wasn't going to do it forever. That doesn't mean it's a healthy decision that I made long term. But I was like, you know what? I really want to like. I bought this like super skimpy bikini. I want to feel and look a certain way in it. That's not a non-problematic way of thinking. I'm not going to sit here and say it is, but yeah. like, I thought like, okay, this is my goal. And I, I don't want to think of it as like bikini season. That, that's horrible. That's problematic in a lot of ways, but that's what I did. You know? mm-hmm. And yeah, it's so framed right now by like, what are my hobbies? Most like when you live in Oregon, you just pick up these outdoor hobbies. I had never hiked, camped, Mm. anything like that growing up if you would have told me even at 21 that I was gonna like climb a mountain someday that would I would be like ew no I'm not (laughs) doing that and I started skiing last year and so when I think of healthy now it's like I want to be able to do these hobbies for a long time Mm. I want to have healthy enough joints that if I fall on my skis I'm not going to tear my ACL Mm. And that's not 100% preventable, but there are things you can right. do to like, you know, build, build healthy joints. And I want to be able to climb up a mountain and knock it out of breath mm-hmm. and carry a pack of 30 pounds on my back and not, you know, not hurt from it. Mm-hmm. And that involves some things in the gym and outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. are the things that I, I like love. And when I think about long-term, like, I think I'll lift up, I'll, I'll lift weights as long as I can, mm-hmm. but it will be like as a supporting thing to these other hobbies that I like to do. Right. Yeah. I love what you mentioned when you were in college and you were like, yeah, I was really lean and, and everything, but like, I couldn't run a mile to save my <laughs> life. Like you look, you look really good, but what really is the measure of, of health here? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, that is such a, in reflection, that's one of the things when I think about fitness Instagram mm. is that when you get anything into the bodybuilding world, there's this whole like fuck cardio, yes. you'll never catch me running. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with running. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can run and lift weights. Yes. You can take a spin class and do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You can climb a mountain and 
jump rope. I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to think of other fitness things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting though, because even, you know, in this like anti-diet space mm-hmm. or like when I first started to, you know, notice how unhealthy my relationship with exercise was when I was yeah. like really, really, you know, chin deep in CrossFit. Yeah. When I like woke up from that and, and started noticing everything, I almost became like anti-running, anti-cardio, mm-hmm. anti, you know, structured exercise at all. And I had a conversation with, um, she's a, a therapist and an eating disorder specialist. And she's also a, does she, a triathlete or no, an endurance athlete. Yeah. Well, she, mm-hmm. I think she has triathlons, but, um, and she, this was even something that she noticed. She said, you know, I'm obviously like very, very, I advocate highly for anti-diet space, like very much so. And at the same time, I notice this thing happening where it's almost like sometimes folks who are in the anti-diet space are demonizing, enjoying right. exercise and, and right. being regularly active. Um, so I think that's really interesting too, just like reflecting on my own noticing of when I thought that certain things were, yeah. were bad. Well, you, or... you said something about that actually on my podcast that I very clearly remember oh. that stuck out to me was that when you were thinking of fitness, you had to think if this did not change my body, would I still do this activity? And I thought that was such a great way of Mm -hmm. thinking about it because there are certain things I was doing that would have fallen into that category, but I would still lift weights. I would still run eh, once a week. And I'm not, you're not going to catch me running every day. Mm -hmm. And I might do a spin class once a week, once every couple of weeks Mm -hmm. as kind of, because I find them energizing. Yes. I don't, I don't look at it as something that's going to torch whatever amount of calories. They're fun Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. exercise should be fun. And so I really, Mm -hmm. I liked when you said that, because I think that is such a great way. And I do think as humans, we, when we find something wrong, we, our natural inclination is to like snap the exact opposite direction. Yes. And in the fitness space, there's a ton of that. And it's funny, even for me, when I think about one of the areas that's like that in fitness is the like how people think about scales and weighing yourself yeah and you either have to be someone who's like checking in every day or like fuck the scale I'll never stand on a scale and it's like <laughs> I'm in that gray area yeah where there were times in my life where I would weigh myself religiously every single day mm. and <laughs> there are times in my life where I'd be like I'm never weighing myself because I will hate myself if I've gained you know a pound of right and right now I have a scale in my house I didn't for a long time because it took me getting to a point where I knew I could weigh myself as a progress measure if I was wanting to lose weight, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily beat myself up or praise myself Mm. because of it. It's just progress. It's a neutral thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same as it's not the same, but it's equivalent to me of like, you know, increasing the amount of weight on a lift or whatever. I don't view it as like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's not good or bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's so important that you mentioned that because that's another thing, like in, in my work, it is pr- fairly common to like, yeah, encourage, you know, ditching the scale and whatnot, because mm-hmm. the people that I'm talking to are those that have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. Yes. Yes. But I absolutely love what you mentioned about being in the gray area, because again, this, that's something else that I've noticed too, is it's like, we see people again, demonizing the scale or demonizing body composition tests or things like that. And it's like, 
doing those things is not inherently wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the societal pressure and these societal expectations and the, the diet culture around it all that creates, makes it a harmful thing because of mm-hmm. the way that we respond to the numbers or, you know, the size and shape of our body or whatever it is. So I think that's really important. Let's like, I love how you mentioned, you know, when you got to a place that you were able to look at it from a neutral standpoint, like that's when you were able to reintegrate it into your life. Yeah. Um, S- same with running for me. Like yeah. I, I used, there was a point in my life where running would be a punishment or, mm. you know, a consequence of eating a lot of food. Oh, I need to run extra today. Whereas now running for me, I mean, I'm not going to go out and run. <laughs> I mean, I run like two miles when I run. And my dog's getting old. So that's about what he's like good for too. So we're in together, you know, and it's more like, okay, I'm a little feeling a little stressed. I think I'll get some clarity if I just like Mm. throw on a podcast and go for a run. Mm. And it has nothing to do with what I ate or what I'm going to eat or anything like that. It's just like, oh, this will make me feel good if I do this. So let me get out and do it. Mm. Do you remember if there were any specific like points in your life or things that you did like aha moments that helped make that switch for you I think one thing for me weirdly even though it hasn't like fitness wise been the biggest part of my life um is spin like I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier because I I mean for years never thought I'd be anybody that would like spin like it seems so corny (laughs) like (laughs) like, it's not for everybody (laughs) but it is so fun Mm -hmm. and challenging and uh, one thing that's interesting about it is like the studio I go to, all of the lights are off. You cannot see anybody around you. Mm-hmm. I dabbled in going to a spin studio where the lights go on and off. And I was like, no, this is not, this is not, it's unpredictable. It's scary. And when the lights come on I, and during a sprint, I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't look at my face. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I remember the first time I went to a spin studio, I was like, wow, this is fun and I'm Mm. not good at it at all and I hadn't for a while done a fitness activity that I was bad at and and I think you know it sounds cheesy but also like taking up hiking and stuff Mm. when I got here and like now having hiked when I was also lifting and hiking when I haven't been to the gym and like Mm. feeling the difference in my knees and in my Mm. lungs I'm like oh okay this is like a fun thing but it is supported by these other like parts of my life. So Mm. I don't know that, I mean, those don't really sound like aha moments and it's very much just been like years and years of practice and tears and Mm -hmm. panic moments and photos of of yourself in the mirror and just just things like that, that are Mm -hmm. good and bad and complex Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it comes with age, you know, like many things, like I care way more about, you know, how much money is in my savings account than I do Mm -hmm. about the number on the scale. Like, you know, as in, as your priority, I I literally, I literally just saw someone I follow on Instagram today. Um, her Instagram handle is frassy Audrey. She is not in the fitness space at all. She's a fashion person. I just think her photos are beautiful, but she's recently gotten into weightlifting in the last year. She's a naturally thin person and has just gotten into wanting to gain weight and like, um, you know, bulk up and get strong. And somebody in response to, she did like an ask me anything. And somebody said, I'm so concerned with my body fat percentage. You look so great. Like, what do you do so I can look like you? And she replied and said, I'm way more concerned with my like wealth 
percentage mm-hmm. and like what's yeah. in my savings account. It's so funny because you just said that. <laughs> that is, yes. And she's like, I have never measured my body fat. Like, I do not oh, wow. know what to tell you there. I'm way more concerned with XYZ. And I was like, oh, such a good message. Oh, that makes me so happy. Like to know that, to know that there's regular people on the yes. internet that preach that shit. Yeah. Like that brings almost tears to my eyes. <laughs> like that is... <laughs> It's like, yeah. cause it, it sometimes feels exhausting. And this is probably something that maybe you can relate to even as, as you notice like mental health things, even though, you know, you're, you may not be a mental health expert, but as mm-hmm. you're learning more and experiencing it yourself, like it is so fucking frustrating when like, I feel like, oh, I help these people take a step forward or, you know, like, you know, I was with mm-hmm. them along that journey. And then it's like, oh no, this person <laughs> they follow posts, then we're back five steps. And it's like, why? So it, yeah especially when the message that like puts them back is from somebody that's like, has, you know, like you had mentioned, no education, no knowledge. No, like, yes. Thank God this woman is not giving fitness advice. Yes. Cause like, I got a little fact, worried when she got into it. I was like, cause I followed her as a fashion person. I just, like I said, I thought her photos, she doesn't dress like me at all. I have no style at all. <laughs> she wears beautiful clothes and takes beautiful photos in Europe. And I just I thought, Oh, this is such a, she's on the beach. She looks great. And then she got into fitness and I was like, oh no, oh no, don't become a fitness person. Like, please, <laughs> you should not be giving fitness advice. And oh, luckily she, she stays out of it, which I can very much appreciate. Just stay, stay, in, stay in your lane in, your in lane. that sense. Yes. Feel free to talk about politics and social justice yeah. issues. That's not yeah. what I mean. I say, stay in your lane. <laughs> That's in all of our lanes. Yeah. Like yes. everything we do is related to that. Yeah. I yes. love that. How do you feel if at all social media impacts or influences the way over the years, I mean, you've shared some of that, how it influences your body image or even now, like your fitness, your food choices, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, when going back to like, I've mentioned college Erica who first got into fitness, my entire feed mm. was fitness people. <laughs> and I, when I actually, it's funny when I moved to starting that food blog and then eventually the food blog account became my primary account. And then my mm. account that I had in college I just kind of like quietly died off. I still have it. I just don't really post on it ever. Right. And every once in a while, I will tab back over to that account. And I will look at the feed of all the people I followed. And I'm just like, who, first of all, who are all these people? Cause I haven't seen them in like a year. So they're yeah. just not familiar faces. And then when I realize who they are, like, I cannot believe this is what I filled mm-hmm. my entire feed with. Mm-hmm. I probably follow like four or five fitness people now. And I think that is absolutely for the better. And it's only mm-hmm. if I think their content is like funny or educational. And even I think a couple of them have pretty much gotten out of fitness. I just think they're interesting as people. Right. So I say following them for that reason, but I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't look to social media for fitness advice. Like I used to, that's mm-hmm. where I used to get all of my workouts. It was just random people on Instagram mm-hmm. and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it shapes a lot. I think the, the content that you're consuming is, has a huge effect on your mental health, mm. even in the time you're spending outside of social media. Mm-hmm. So I've just become a lot more selective there. And if I want to learn about fitness, nutrition, anything like that from a scientific perspective, then that's not to say that people with those backgrounds are not on Instagram. Right. But that's just not where I'm going to choose to consume that content. Like yes. I, I will intentionally look up a thing related to that online. I'm not just going to like browse a hashtag on Instagram. Thank the there's Lord. No, there's no credential. Yeah. I'm not going to trust. And it, I, I hate, I hate how many Fitspos have just like made a living 
when they have no business telling anyone how to structure a workout plan. Mm. And they're out here telling people they have like, you know, lazy glutes and they have to do <laughs> all these weird exercises to activate their I'm like, that's not a real thing. Um, mm. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I, I have tried to remove that mm. from my social feeds for the most part. And for me, that has worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really, really good. Not that you were trying to give it as advice, but a really good message too, is it's like, there are more um, reliable ways to seek out information mm -hmm. than social media. Um, and even heck for myself, like, even when I think about, you know, I got a question about, you know, like my period or something like I should, <laughs> maybe not WebMD it, but like I should PubMed that shit instead of like <laughs> checking the WebMD is like, you have your period, you're dying. Yeah. Like <laughs> you definitely have testicular cancer. If you have your period. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, but that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. There's just, there's, it's so easy to misinform people. Mm -hmm. on Instagram and like make a snappy little reel with some yes. info in it that is like not based on anything mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are many other places, but just choose wisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Anything else that we didn't talk about that you think would be helpful for folks to hear from you? I feel like I have preached all of my... <laughs> preach all of my thoughts and feelings preached in the best way possible like yeah it's been when great. I, the couple of things I wanted to mention was like embracing the gray area mm. and like you don't have to be you can fight that natural inclination to be one extreme or the other yes and accept that there is a lot of gray area it's the same in mental health it's the same in everything in life it's the same in personal finance <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have no budget or be Dave Ramsey and eating beans out of can. There's something you can, there's something in the middle mm. for you. And just like knowing it's a journey and I will, we will as people be thinking about this stuff for the rest of our lives. But if we can decrease the amount of brain space that we're spending, mm. focusing on the way we look, it just frees up so much other space to do mm. other cool shit in your life, whatever that. cool shit you want to do. And yeah, I remember seeing, I, I saw some little like brain chart recently talking about how, not a literal brain, it was just like a, an example for yeah, yeah. Instagram graphic, but <laughs> talking about like how much of women's brains, and this is stuff you talk about on your podcast, this isn't news to you, how much of our brains is spent focusing on the way we look, mm -hmm. especially when we're younger. And then how much, basically how much other things you could be focusing on at that time instead. Yeah. Not to make it a gendered issue, but it, it definitely yeah. is something way more prevalent with women. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, yeah. that idea is something that, um, I had a dietitian on a few episodes ago and she posed that question too. Like what, what could you do? I don't remember exactly mm -hmm. how she said it, but like, if you weren't spending so much time worrying about your food, what could you be doing with all that extra time? Right. And I was like, Whoa, when you put it that way, because yeah, I just think about especially when I was, you know, even four years ago, like all day long, you know, mm -hmm. fitness and food was consuming my mind. And, um, and then it gets to the point of like, how could you fill, what could you fill that space with to bring you actual, like true happiness, <laughs> you yeah. know, something that's, that's not going to make you happy. No. Counting your macros is not going to make you happy. <laughs> mm -mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's a really good point.
Well, plug all your things. Tell us where we can yes. find you, your podcast, your Instagram, all of it. Of course. So you can find me weekly at unwell with Erica. And that's my Instagram handle at unwell with Erica. That's where you'll find podcast clips. Mostly I'm trying to get more creative about posting some more of the takeaways and like to do's. I know I posted something about digital decluttering. I yes. <laughs> I didn't listen to that yesterday, but I need to. I was. When it's I a was good shown, episode. Yes, and I don't I say to. that about all my episodes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. It's yeah. I love that. Being a slob, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm at Unwell with Erica on Instagram. And then if you search Unwell with Erica, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find me there. And then if you are interested in some food photos, some dog content, things like that, more personal things, you can find me at bacon and braids. And that's obvious that I'm a food blogger because it's bacon, like pig bacon and braids, like you have your hair in a braid. And yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. I love it. How did you come up with bacon and braids? The name? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, again, it was, let me set the scene. It was 2015 oh. and bacon was very trendy in the food world in 2015. And so I thought, oh, it's so funny. He's like, I'm not even really done to bacon. And like, bacon's fine, but I don't know why I picked bacon, <laughs> but it was very trendy. And so I was like, okay, I started with, and, and alliterations were very trendy as well. Mm -hmm. And so I started with bacon and I do braid my hair a lot. And whenever I go to food events, I to stay on brand. I always have some sort of braid in my hair usually. So that's cool. So it also, I mainly do that because you're often at like a loud restaurant or a bar and I'm like, I'm bacon and braids and I'm like bacon and like braids. And then I point mm -hmm. at my head. So that's mainly why I did it. So yeah, alliteration <laughs> and bacon being trendy. I don't know. I go back and forth. I'll, I'll change it eventually. Beer and braids. Beer and braids. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that sounds, that is, I can I'm probably consuming more beer than bacon these days so, for better or worse. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, so. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I like, again, like I told you before we started, I feel like I could chat with you for hours about like anything under the sun. Um, yeah. I feel I, like you're an old friend and I've only talked I know. to you twice. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we were that Brie, our friend Brie um, connected yeah, us. Brie. And, yes, Brie. And I know that she listens to both the podcasts. I know she's really so excited. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Give Them the Bird. If you aren't already, be sure to go follow Erica on her podcast Instagram page at Unwell with Erica to stay up to date with all she's doing around mental health and her podcast. You can also follow her food blogging and more personal page at Bacon and Braids. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. I will see you back here in two weeks for another episode. But in the meantime, go give them the bird.